0: pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on the mindful dog I'm very lucky today to get an amazing vet called Charlie Quinn on the radio she's from Victoria in Cambridge and she's going to be here to answer a lot of questions about what the effects of the COVID-19 would be on our dogs and how we can manage those risks and everything around that good morning Charlie how are you today good morning yeah I'm good thank you good Great to have you on uh, the podcast. I'm really quite excited about getting such a, a famous vet on my podcast already.
1: World famous. World famous world vet. Famous, that's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so you've got your own radio show.
1: Oh, really? News <laughs> <Used> to <laughs> me.
0: Well, I've heard you on the radio on Magic yes, Talk on Sunday morning. So right. well done. Yeah. Yep. And how's that going?
1: Oh, it's been fun. Um, it's uh, a new challenge for me, but um, I love a challenge. And um, I think it's great.
0: Yeah, to, it's, to
1: open up some conversations with DJs and stuff yeah, with the, yeah with the wider
0: public certainly there's been some great feedback um from the from the um from the public on that one so uh, well done for that and uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself and Charlie um you know how, how did because I, I always dreamt of being a vet many years ago I and mean, then I realized how much work was involved and that kind of just went to the <laughs> to the side there but you know when did you know you wanted to be a vet
1: oh I I my parents would tell you that it started very young. So um, I, I used to ride horses when I was um, a lot younger, and instead of reading normal books, I would be <laughs> reading books about the diseases that horses would get. So learning oh, wow. about, you know, all yeah, um, uh, common ailments of horses. Um so I guess that was the first sign that I had some interest in in how things go wrong in animals. Um, and then. Going through high school, I became more and more set on becoming a vet, started seeing practice at veterinary clinics, and um, I came from quite a rural background in the UK, so I was able to get some time helping milking cows and just um, getting some hands-on animal experience, and it kind of developed from there, so yeah, Yeah. I was pretty young when I wanted to.
0: Whereabouts in the UK was that?
1: Um, In Warwickshire, near Stratford-on-Avon. Yeah. Shakespeare, Shakespeare
0: country. Shakespeare land, yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes me back. Yeah. My best friends was from Lemington Spa, so I know the area quite Oh, yeah, well. yeah, very close. Very
1: close. Yeah.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. And and would you say you're more of a um from that rural background? Are you more of a, a large animal specialist or? Uh... Small oh or...
1: Well, no, very much small now. Um, but when I was at vet school, I definitely thought I was going to be going into the farm animal side of things. So okay. um, I, you could do, so in our final year, you could choose a project to as an elective. And I did that in, in farm animal production animal. Um, they call it over here, but, um, but I, when I came out of vet school um, I got into small animals and started really enjoying that. And um, so started, um, just just doing small animals from then on. Um, from yeah. after I came out of vet school.
0: Yeah, I suppose there's more of the, more, more people out there really that need small animal vets, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I think at that, that time the farm animal veterinary scene was changing a little bit in the UK. Um, right. It was, it, uh, you know, I, I think yeah. I went through vet school with this idea of James Herriot and, um, <laughs> oh. you know, dealing oh, dealing that? with small small herds, yeah. um, small flocks, but it was becoming I... Um, much more herd health management which is great right, okay. it's a yeah. it's a really good way to go for the for the production animal stuff
0: sorry I have fond memories of um James Herriot on the TV what was it called yeah. All Creatures Great and Small wasn't it correct was it. Yeah. and the other one I remember on the um, All Creatures Great and Small was Titchy Woo Woo who the farting dog yeah, I, don't, I don't remember it that well <laughs> Do you not. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, I watched every episode it was one of my favorites I have to know. I think that's what inspired yeah. me to um to be a vet but I never quite yeah. got there Um, so a lot of dedication through that study then because how many years is it in the UK
1: well um it's a five-year course but um at the university that I went to it's uh, you have a compulsory sixth year where you specialize in some area so you do a science degree um you get a bachelor of science um after your three years and then you go on to do your clinical training after that so I did did it over six years
0: yeah so so what advice what advice would you have for any if we've got any young listeners out there who are thinking oh maybe I could be a vet I could help animals what advice would you give them on the spot there
1: (laughs) oh that is that is quite a tricky one um um advice for young aspiring people I think um to I think find if it's your fit I think that would be my thing like go if you if you really discover that it's the thing that's going to fit with your personality and your um, desires for life then really you go for it but it's it's a tricky career it's not um you know it's not straightforward we deal with a lot of emotions we have to deal with um money the money financial side of things um Mm -hmm. as well as you know some days can be very mundane and you can um and then other days you can be stretched beyond where you feel you're in your comfort zone, and both of those things, you know, going from one to the extreme to the other are quite tricky.
0: Okay. It's not just stroking little cute fluffy animals, then. <laughs> no, I wish it was.
1: it's a really rewarding career, but mm. um, you know, it does yeah. come with um, some challenging aspects as well. Let's
0: okay. say. So, so you work for um, Vitora in Cambridge. Um, yes. How long have you been there?
1: I've been there just over two years. We have um, a clinic uh, uh, based in Tiamotu, so that's our uh, head clinic um, Tiamutu, there's one in Hamilton and then there's us in Cambridge. There's a couple of smaller ones, there's one in Otrahonga, um, and that's our um, Waikato branch and then there are some other vetora clinics a little bit further afield so not oh, okay. not countrywide but um, certainly a regional
0: couple of regions okay. covered so it's yeah. still quite a nice sort of small family based or sort of pet yeah it's
1: um yeah. it's it's got, kind of got the best of both worlds because we're mm. good close-knit small teams but um we have got lots of expertise around throughout the different clinics some with special interests in um in orthopedic surgery some with spe- some vets okay. with special interests in um, emergency uh, clinical practice and things so we you know if we if we've got a lot of support from other people so that's really great
0: awesome awesome um so i've had quite a lot of um questions from uh from different clients of the behavioral work um are you okay to answer a couple of those
1: oh Give it my best
0: shot. Yeah, let's go for absolutely. that. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll read them as they go. So this is really around the, the whole um, coronavirus thing, and obviously, because now in New Zealand, we're in lockdown. Um, people are getting a little bit worried about whether they can still get the same veterinary care that they've uh, been used to from, from places like Victoria. So so one of the questions was, um, if there's an emergency with my dog, am I still able to visit the vets?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> the vets are classed as essential um, essential service. So that means that we do have permission to be o- open during this lockdown period. Um, we've had to put a lot of um, precautions into place. So um, you'll find that most vet clinics are split up into teams. So there's no crossover between those teams um, and they're coming in on set days so that if one team goes goes down, for example, say someone gets sick or does get diagnosed with the uh, with COVID-19 then the other team is still there so That's we good. are still open and um, definitely able to see um, emergencies I would say um, call ahead though because the the vet might be able to help you over the phone a little bit it depends okay. very much on what the emergency is so certainly. So it's like of like triaging yeah, 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 exactly. So um, the nurse might speak to you first and decide, oh, actually, that's you know, that's something that can um, can wait, um, yeah. or no, nah, that's something that we really need a vet to have a, a, a look at you know we're still getting phone calls about um flea treatments and wormers and that's you know people want to maintain their animals welfare during this time and that's absolutely yeah. fine but that's something the nurse can deal with but if it's something that she that or he needs would like the vet to speak to them about then she they can pass it on to the vet okay. sometimes we can even get photos sent through or oh,
0: um, clever, a video yeah. um,
1: and then and then if it's an emergency of course we'll anyone any vet will be able to see them Mm.
0: Um, and are you still doing house calls now for larger animals and stuff
1: it's yeah i it's a a tricky area um there our farm animal vet is still going out to some urgent calls up yeah um but having to take special precautions and we're just trying to limit that because you, you know every every time you increase the contact between the vet and someone in the public, you're increasing the risk of of spreading COVID-19. So we're just trying to reduce that contact time. But again, phoning ahead and talking to the vet and making a plan is the best thing to do.
0: Sounds fantastic. Uh, great advice there. Um, one other one then. Uh, can we bring puppies in for the vaccinations? Because obviously, I mean, we're, we're about to get some puppies in the next couple of weeks and uh, they're going to need vaccinations. Oh, well, hopefully we can get them <laughs> lockdown. I'm not yeah, quite sure. But, yeah. um, but obviously some people have just got puppies before the lockdown and they're going to need their vaccinations. And obviously that's quite important. Yeah,
1: it is. Um, So, uh... Different clinics may be taking slightly different um, uh, direction on this. But what um, what we've elected to do is that if your puppy has had some vaccinations, then we will continue that vaccination course through this lockdown. So, right. for example, if your puppy is due for its um 12 week booster then we don't want to delay that by another four weeks because then you mm. you know you're risking the puppy getting sick and yeah. you're you're having to restart your vaccination course so if the, the course has already started then we will um be completing that course but if you have got a puppy the you know three days before we went into um lockdown then it's actually pretty safe just to keep them at home um, and yeah. then, if the lockdown extends beyond four weeks, then we can review that um, yeah. at, at that time. And then, adult dogs that are high risk or um, are close to being uh, their parvovirus or their leptospirosis uh, vaccinations being overdue, then we um, we are discussing giving those um, those as well. But it's again, yeah. it's best to call call the clinic and have a chat with uh, with them because they will have taken the advice from the New Zealand Veterinary Association and put a plan in place for, for yeah. their clinic.
0: So, so how long um, how long is it? Are you able to leave a dog? So say, say my dog's vaccinations were due today. How long can I actually leave that before I need another vaccination yeah in one. the real world is that is that <laughs> something you could answer you don't you don't have to if you don't yeah, want to but, yeah. yeah we um the
1: the recommendation um from the manufacturers is that they are they are done before their due date of course oh okay um right. but yeah. <laughs> um we um yeah, and it depends on the vet as well. So I, I would, you know, I if if, if one of our that, clients, yeah. yeah, was to phone yeah. me up, I could give them some advice on their dog. Yeah. And it depends on on how old the dog is. Does it have any other underlying conditions? Is it really yeah. a, you know, is it on a farm? Do we need to keep the leptospirosis up to date? So, you know, I can't give one size fits all advice for that. that. Is, but fair yeah. yeah, there, you know, there is some leniency with it.
0: Yeah. So absolutely. I suppose so. If if a, if a listener's got a problem, then just to give give you a ring. Obviously, yeah. you may not be answering the phone straight away, but uh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, Great advice absolutely. again. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: But the, yeah. So 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 one other question I've got is um, and and this is an interesting one. I'm not quite sure if it's uh, who it was from. I can't remember now. But it says, and what I what should I do if my dog shows symptoms of the flu now, sneezing and things like that? <laughs> should I <Yeah>. get worried?
1: <laughs> yeah, I um. That that is a, a bit of a, a tricky one, especially at the moment, of course. So um, I guess that opens quite a large can of worms for us to to, yeah. to discuss. But um, I think what they're probably getting at there is, it, could my dog have COVID nineteen? And yeah, I guess um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's something that's um, in debate at the moment in in the news and in the scientific world. I um and I think that. advice is that if your dog has got a cough and you suspect it's running a fever it's lethargic it's off its food it probably Mm. needs to see a vet anyway um there are much more common pathogens that are more likely to be causing that disease than covid19 in a in a dog or or even a cat um Mm. and the vet will you know will will work it up as it would with any other but if you know that your dog, you know, for example, if you've you've been diagnosed positive with COVID-19 and then your dog's got symptoms, it, um, it's worth mentioning because yeah. that will not only change, I guess, how we would look into the dog, but also how we manage the dog or cat. Because if they're coming from a positive household, we've got to consider that they may be, tran- you know,
0: carrying yeah, the bug. Because um, there's been quite a bit of... Um, uh... I guess about that, isn't there? Transference of the virus from a dog's coat and things like that?
1: Yes, there yeah. is. Yeah. And I think that this is such a rapidly developing mm. situation that we're we're kind of playing catch up a little bit with the science. Um but yeah. um certainly as of today there's there was no evidence that there there is that, that dogs and cats will get sick with it. But there have been a few cases where um, dogs um, and a cat have been in the same household as someone that is positive for COVID nineteen, and they have tested positive, um,
0: right. well. And
1: that's uh, yeah, there are some some grey areas with that mm-hmm. about um, her testing protocols and things like that. But um, course, yeah. I, it just uh, yeah, I think that whether whether they are truly infected or whether they have just got the virus on their coat or yeah
0: because because we we can get viruses in our system but not actually be affected by them in the same way I guess as dogs can
1: yeah and also um yeah yeah so uh, it depends um on whether the virus can get into the dog's cells and cause disease Mm. um you know we don't really know whether it can or not yet um whether the dog can then then transmit it
0: yeah yeah i suppose that's the uh, important thing is that transmission thing isn't it Mm. so so there there must be there must be websites that um we can go to as the lay person i guess to to kind of get the latest information do you know what those might be
1: yeah, well, I would start with the NZVA, the New Zealand Veterinary Association. They've got so, uh, some good up-to-date um advice on there. Um then there's there's the Center for Disease, uh, I think it's the Center for Disease Surveillance in the USA. That's um, right. another that's good one. The
0: CDC, is it that one?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, American Veterinary Medical Association, that's another good one. And they they're all they're all following this really closely and you can be assured that if a dog was or cat were able to um, transmit the virus we they would they would be on top yeah. of that so i think that would change no the landscape
0: to, completely it,
1: it? it really would but i think at yeah. the moment i think the 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 advice is just to to take normal hygiene precautions um wash mm. your hands before and after handling the your pets um, keep within the bubble. So, you know, yeah. no patting other dogs when you're out on your walks and things like that, yeah. just to try and limit that potential for spread if it's there. And, mm. and your, your vet will be on top of those sorts of things as well. Mm. We're all keeping a real close eye on this.
0: Cause that leads me into a couple of questions, actually that, um, one, one reader, someone uh, listener, sorry, said, um, can you catch COVID-19 from your dog slobber? I, I imagine they're a bit of a dog kisser, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one was, should we be washing our dogs more, in this time.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's no specific advice about those things. Um, I guess um I washing your dogs is a tricky one. Um because you don't want to overwash a dog. That can cause problems with the skin that you're you, you know, fine. you weren't it can dry out the skin, you can and you could end up with um with troubles from that.
0: And, and that's I'm not the sure your first line of defence, isn't it? The the skin?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Um and I'm not sure how um if you're washing the dog more frequently are then they are they then shaking their coat off more and likely to spread it more so i i honestly don't know the answer to that one so mm-hmm. i would just stick to your normal routine because that's got to be good for a dog's welfare as well is sticking to routine yeah. but you'd yeah, be the very, one to know that
0: they're very habitual <laughs> um, aren't they and you should be change yeah. things too much <laughs>
1: Yeah. so i think stick yeah. to the normal routine if you wash them once a week keep going with that but our dog wash is is closed and i think that a lot of uh, all the dog washes probably will be closed just um, to try and reduce that, that chance of spread and the chance of people interacting. Um, You know, if this virus can, can last on metal, it can last on dogs coats. Then I think probably just to, um, yeah. um, Stick to washing at home and maybe just normal frequency.
0: As for the slobber,
1: Um, certainly the dog in Hong Kong they did find some um, the, the one where they did test the um, RNA and sequence it and found that it was very similar to the owner's RNA
0: um, uh-huh.
1: that was there was some in the in the nose and um, and I think that that, that you know I, I, I don't think be over sensitive about it if they you know dog's slobber
0: mm. um
1: just wash and get on with it but i wouldn't okay. i wouldn't be increasing the chance by allowing kisses and things
0: no that's probably not a good thing anyway i think i think no. the the take home message really is just just that cleanliness isn't it and i think we could all yeah. learn a little bit of a lesson i don't think um everybody's perfect when it comes to the the cleaning around dogs <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and so it, you definitely. know you can you can maybe increase the frequency of mm. cleaning food bowls and water bowls and yeah. things like that but um, yeah. i don't i don't want everyone to be um getting scared and, abandoning no. their dogs and and cats and that's
0: and, yeah that's the worry isn't it that's yeah. definitely the worry I, the same, yeah. same message i've been putting out there that at the end of the day there's no proof until there is no. um business as normal we, really isn't it i guess Just
1: be sensible yeah yeah, yeah. and then um but, if you if you are sick with covid19 then they do suggest that maybe you get someone else just to be the primary yeah. carer for your animal just to yeah, reduce no. that chance of
0: yeah. spreading that makes sense i'd imagine if you're not feeling very well it's not a good you're not going to be able to do anything with your dogs anyway um from what I gather. Um, that's been absolutely fantastic. I've got no more questions um, from my viewers. But is there anything else that you um, kind of feel you need to add to the to the mix today, Charlie, before we sign off?
1: I guess one thing would be just to to um, be kind to your veterinary staff if, you, if yeah. you are interacting with them. And most people have been very understanding. But, um, you know, it isn't business as normal. Um, mm. It can't be business as usual. And um, we're everyone's doing the best they can Um Yeah, so just And it's a frustrating
0: time, isn't it, really, for most people. And I suppose
1: and then you add someone's anxiety about their their sick pet, and yeah, and, that's and, right. You know, emotions are really high around pets yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and around the, our own health at the moment. So just we yeah. are really, yeah, doing our best.
0: I always say, I always say in times of like this, just take take three seconds, take three deep breaths, and just then think, do you really want to say it?
1: <laughs> that's a very good idea. I'll have to use that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Hey, Maybe with it. my
1: kids while I'm homeschooling oh. them. <laughs> Don't get me <laughs> <tired on> kids. <laughs>
0: They say never work with kids and dogs, do they? So No.
1: Oh damn it, gone wrong there.
0: (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's maybe we'll do another session with them um, about children and dogs that would be quite cool wouldn't it yeah yeah it
1: would um, actually
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey charlie it's been fantastic catching up with you and um hey some amazing information and i'm hoping that most of our um, listeners are going to be able to get that that the the exact information they need because there's a lot of rubbish out there on the internet if you read um uh, and it's good to get the right information at the right time so thank you so much for that i really appreciate you giving up your time and no, it'll be great to catch with you again hey before sure. we um go on when, when can we catch you again on the radio
1: oh is that the 26th of april i think
0: 26th um, april what time yeah. is that nine o'clock nine, nine o'clock, o'clock for the
1: o'clock, morning right.
0: cafe Yep. well i'll certainly be uh, catching up with you and tuning in and um if you're in the waikato guys it's um 100 uh, 100.2 fm and you can hear the uh, amazing world renowned charlie quinn from Victoria in cambridge <laughs> <laughs> they
1: do know you're joking right <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, i hope so <laughs> yeah, no, of course yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah all right well, well
1: thank
0: thanks, charlie. thanks for having Switch me on, again Darren, to... cheers. i'd like to thank charlie quinn for coming on the show again it's great to have that professional knowledge and experience when you need it One of the most important things in a time of crisis um, like we are at the moment in lockdown is that you get your information from the right sources. And Charlie mentioned a couple of websites. Uh, One of the most important ones, because it's New Zealand specific, I guess, is the New Zealand Veterinary Association. And that's nzva.org.nz. If you need to know any of the latest news, please go there. You know it's going to be New Zealand specific, so you know it's going to be appropriate for you and your pets. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and it'll be great if you can join us again next time. Until then, be safe with your dogs and cats, and remember, stay in your bubble. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on the Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.